And good morning, everyone. Here we go with another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel, Chicago Bulls radio host. I'm with Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, one of the team physicians for the Chicago White Sox, and orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Our producer, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer, as always, Teresa Ann Seeger. Dr. Cole, let's get right into it. One of the big stories this week Cubs pitcher Yu Darvish. They've been without Yu Darvish since May, and now he's out for the rest of the season as on Sunday. He had a minor league rehab start, and it was stopped after one inning because of uh, more pain in his uh, right elbow. And so what happens is they actually had what they called an arthrogram MRI exam after that uh, start on Monday that revealed a stress reaction bone bruise at the back of the elbow along with triceps inflammation that was diagnosed back in Maine. So now he's out for the rest of the season. I want to start with this. What's an arthrogram MRI? Well, okay, so this comes up a lot, and it comes up a lot in baseball, not as common in the elbow but in the shoulder. And my answer is um, that if you if you do an arthrogram, you're looking too hard to find something that may not be important, okay? What does that so, mean? So let me explain. So an arthrogram, when we do an MRI, an MRI basically looks at fluid or water content in tissue. So it allows you to see ligaments, tendons, cartilage, uh, uh, muscle, things like that, right? Because they have different amounts of water content, so they show up as different shades of gray on a scan. An MRI is basically just a huge magnet, and the magnet will determine different types of different water content and collagen, the things that our soft tissue is made of. So what an arthrogram is that we actually inject a contrast medium or a dye into the joint, and it helps to highlight various structures that are in the joint. But it really isn't needed to look at the bone, which is what a stress reaction shows up in. So in, in baseball, in the shoulder, it, we're often driven to do arthrograms, but my personal feeling is that the quality of a standard MRI without injecting dye into the joint is so good that if we think we need dye, then the injury isn't as important, if you know what I mean. And, you know, the challenge is that we generally diagnose by listening to the player, finding out what made it worse, and then um, doing a physical examination and maybe x-rays. And the MRI is usually supportive of what we think the diagnosis is. But it's really oftentimes not used to make the diagnosis. In this case, this may have been the situation, you know, with this stress reaction. But, you know, I'm going by what's in the media, but I have a strong idea of what kind of played out here, if you will. And so explain stress reaction. We're all used to stress fracture. What's the difference? A stress reaction might actually be just like a stress fracture. A stress reaction is really just when water content, again, it picked up by an MRI, not an X-ray, water content increases in the bone, and it shows up as a white spot on the MRI. And it might be a precursor to a stress fracture, but stress fractures in this location are not super common. Certainly overload. Like, let me give you an example. If we... If, if we, the, the marathon is in October, right? Right. So if I took 100 marathoners and MRI'd their knees pre-race and then did it immediately following the race, okay. at least half would show stress reactions in the bone that are not fractures. It's just a, it's a, it's a load-related phenomenon where the bone responds with a signal change. So, and they may not have any pain. 
So the point is that, you know, we, this is not like the sky is falling, there's this stress reaction and it has been missed or anything like that. These things show up all the time, and, the, and, and they show up in asymptomatic people. And MRI, the more sensitive the test, the more likely you're going to find something abnormal, right? So I think he's had four or five MRIs, and I don't know if it showed any reactions in the bone. And the question is, what's in the eyes of the trainers and the physicians saying what's clinically important here? And truth be told, the treatment he's had so far has actually been the same treatment you do for stress reaction. You rehab them, you rest them, gradual progression. If you can tolerate it, great. And the, the problem is that the information flow gets kind of, you know, a little bit haphazard delivered in the media, and, and that's what makes it somewhat challenging. But there's, there's no smoking gun here. This is, he's been treated very, very well, and if this is due to the stress reaction, then maybe the timeline might have to change. We're talking about Cubs pitcher Hugh Darvish, who was uh, labeled as out for the season back on Tuesday of this week by team president Theo Epstein of the Chicago Cubs. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole giving his assessment really of a stress fracture. And well, stress, well let's, let's be clear, stress reaction. Stress reaction. Yeah. Okay, yeah. stress reaction. Uh, I, want, I do want to add this, and Dr. Uh, Cole, uh, Theo Epstein said that there was some good news with the testing. They he said, not only do we now have some clarity, can move forward, but the um, the UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, was reconstructed with Tommy John surgery back right. in 2015. That looked really good, and that's in place and stable. What does that yeah. tell well, you? Well, you know, he's that's from the first MRI. Everyone, anyone who's had a history of an elbow uh, ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction and has new, renewed onset of elbow pain, one concern would be what's the status of that ligament. And from the very beginning, that hasn't been in question. Uh, this is just one of those really nuisance type. Uh, conditions now that causes elbow pain, and he's had a diagnosis of, uh, of triceps tendonitis and elbow impingement and so forth. And, and as physicians, our job is to safely provide the least amount of treatment necessary to get a player back in, into a healthy state. And truth be told, athletes play with discomfort all the time. The issue is if it compromises their performance, that's kind of a deal breaker. In this situation, I suspect these are performance compromising symptoms that he's having. But as as the president has pointed out, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with the ulnar ligament, and I don't think that's been in contention all along. I think this has been sort of one of those overuse type situations where it's almost like inflammation. But in this case, if the bone is relevant, maybe there is some uh, overuse type stuff in the bone. But he hasn't really been throwing, right? So it, he's, not much he's, at all. Yeah. No. So so you know, I, I don't know the specifics. I'm not managing this injury, but stress reactions usually come about from repetitive overuse. Do you follow me? That's what I was first yeah. thinking of. I'm yeah. thinking so, overuse so the whole I, way. I, I don't know. The bottom line is this seems to be a condition that requires relative rest to the point where the, the elbow really has to just get to, to, to a new quiet state, whether it's the triceps tendonitis, it's impingement or a stress reaction. There's all kinds of pain generators that may be there, and it requires a, a clinical evaluation, which he's had multiple, and he's had actually has excellent physicians evaluating managing him. I think you know whether you put a label on it or not is less important than what is it going to take to make him better. That's my next question. Then, what, treatment. What would you do? How are stress reactions treated? Is it just rest or? Is there some sort of modality that is used? Yeah, so you first have to make sure that this is an area of, say, point tenderness or inflammation in the joint, which was one of the things that probably uh, led to an injection, right? And if one gets an injection and they have immediate relief of discomfort because of the lidocaine or the numbing medicine, you have to ask yourself, is the stress reaction, if that was present at the time, would that really be... Uh, a, a going concern. Do you follow me? Because okay. the stress reaction in general in bone 
won't necessarily feel better immediately by get by getting an injection in the joint if that's where it was provided, okay. right? Yep. If someone has point tenderness over soft tissue in the elbow and we inject them and they get immediate relief of pain, that's not really a stress reaction. Now, if you were to inject the joint or inject the soft tissue and the pain remains, then you might say this could have to do with that, right? right. We don't, that you and I sense. don't know the nuances here, but right. that's how clinical, that's what makes this stuff so interesting and exciting is that um, we use these these really safe methods to make a good diagnosis. And then the, the important thing is what can we tell the team, what can we tell the organization, and most importantly, what do we tell the player, how long it's going to take to get better. It's rare that we're, the player is going to get hurt from these conditions. The issue is what's the most expedited way to get him safely back to play where he's going to stay out on the mound. And I think that's the source of frustration for these types of injuries is that it's that fits and starts. I mean, I've had this happen in the Bulls where, you know, you're saying, look, I wish we were better off just saying, let's just keep him out for eight weeks or 12 weeks. Right. And, I, you know, I've had that kind of feedback before. And the frustration is our, it, we're, we're always against that wall to say, we really all want to get the player back as quickly and safely as possible, right? I mean, it's the it's sort of the business of sports that that gets that meets healthcare. You follow me? Right. So our job is inexorably the 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 player and keeping him or her safe. And there's this nuance or this intangible that look, if we're going to treat and return back to sport, do your best to keep them back when you make the decision to return them. And we don't have a crystal ball, and you can't predict when when a condition is going to become active again. That's where you have to understand physiology and the natural history and what's going to happen when they return. But there's no way you can make a hunt with a hundred be a hundred percent definitive to say, okay, this is the time you go back. So what were they probably doing in rehab with him? Is they were probably progressing him, and he was saying, I'm tolerating this fine. And then he went back after his rehab start, you know, and and he felt pain. But I'm sure you know they have an amazing training staff. They were doing everything responsibly, I'm sure. He gets back and just something tips the scale where he becomes symptomatic. And it's very frustrating for an organization because everyone wants him back. And more than anything, he wants to go back. You read the, the papers. He wants to be there. But it's these activity levels, he just tips the scale where he becomes symptomatic again. So then you say, you know what? Let's just keep him out, which is the responsible way to do it, it seems, at this point, And let's let him fully rest this and then recondition and get back into sport. And you can only hope that the symptoms don't come back. Well, that's the question that, I mean, again, for treatment. Rest, and then is there some sort of treatment plan? Yeah. So, How so, can it be treated after yeah. rest? So what, you, what I would rather use the term is called relative rest. And if in, what the, the strategy, and it's much like when we've talked about stress fractures and so forth in general, or overuse injuries, the strategy is stress the body or the joint as much as possible so that it does not have symptoms. You don't want to lose your conditioning, your skills, and so forth. The second premise is if there are symptoms, you don't want them to escalate during those activities. You follow right, me? Sure. And if there's a low level of symptoms that don't escalate, as long as it doesn't impede the performance of the player, and certainly we've determined it to be safe, that's a pretty decent strategy. You follow me? So we'd love to have no symptoms whatsoever as we escalate their activity level. But if they do get symptoms, you don't want those symptoms to escalate to the point where they can't perform. So re- it's it's not real rest. It's relative rest, if that makes sense. Because if you rest them and you take them out of their sport – they lose their trade, they lose their skills, right? You have to keep them in their craft. And then finally you asked, you know, what about modalities? What can you do to treat an injury like Darvish and so forth who has stress reaction if it's real? You can use bone stimulators. Uh, you can use, uh, you know, alternative exercises. You can use uh, topicals. You can use anti-inflammatories and things of that nature. But the bottom line is the body is pretty darn smart and knows how to heal, but you got to take advantage of the opportunity to heal. 
That's Dr. Brian Cole talking about Cubs pitcher Hugh Darvish out for the rest of the season, revealed this week due to a stress reaction bone bruise at the back of the elbow along with triceps inflammation, which was diagnosed back in May. I'm Steve Casual with Dr. Brian Cole. Up next, we're going to visit with Dr. Ritu from Thrivosity, talking about the benefits of movement for those coping with illness, disease, anxiety, and depression. Might you Darvish fall into something like that now that he's out for the rest of the season? Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.